0: In this episode of Idea City on the air, Liz Primo speaks about the myth and magic of garlic. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Liz to the stage.
1: Okay, Liz, I love garlic. So do I.
0: Yeah. Does everybody love garlic? Uh,
1: everybody but loves garlic.
0: We all fear garlic.
1: We fear garlic? Yes,
0: because you're worried about social company. You're oh, worried yes, about the I next know. day. Right. Yeah.
1: It's my opinion that um, garlic is actually the Broadney Danger field of vegetables, I call it, because it can't get no respect. And I guess. Uh, we do all love it, and, and it really does deserve our, our respect, and I hope I can show you some reasons why it should tonight. How about them? But that garlic broth is certainly one of the problems of garlic, and anybody who had Caesar salad for lunch like I did knows... <sighs> so I'm going to start with a tip, and this tip was given to me by a professor of chemistry at University of Albany in New York. And it's not to not to avoid garlic. This is to prevent garlic from soiling your breath. You should eat raw vegetables, raw fruits, and herbs like parsley. But it's not the chlorophyll in parsley or any vegetable that does the trick. It's actually a combination. It's a chemical combination between thiols and orthoquinines. So, uh, and also apparently cow's milk, eggs. The eggplant also works a bit against garlic breath. But I try to make sure that my dinner companions um, also eat garlic, and that's the best way not to notice. (laughs) But, you know, garlic, it's little old garlic that we accept like we accept the potato, but it's actually one amazing little vegetable. Um, There are many truths about it, many myths, but a lot of those myths are true, or at least, and of course, a lot of them are simply myths. We're going to go over some tonight. Um, garlic is really an ancient little vegetable, and it's a survivor. It's changed and adapted to its environment over the centuries that it's been growing. It's about 10,000 years old, and it was found in the caves of the Neolithic's uh, Remains of it, of course. And the Neolithic's liked it because it, it stayed fresh over the winter. And, of course, their caves had perfect conditions. They were sort of, you know, cool. Not too dry, sort of like my grandmother's root cellar, same thing. But then the explorers traveling through the portions of Central Asia, which is where garlic actually originated, they would pack it up, they found it had the same value, and they would pack it up in their caravans and take it with them and through the ever-widening world that they were exploring or traveling through. They took it all the way down to the Mediterranean, particularly to the Mediterranean. Um, In the Mediterranean, it became also very popular as a food. It was grown extensively in Egypt, and the Mesopotamians, who live in the, lived in the area that's now Iraq and beyond, um, they adored garlic. There's a record of one king of Mesopotamia's, tongue twister, daughter, uh, the princess, who loved garlic so much, she took a whole trunk full of it on her summer holidays to the kingdom of Ansan in uh, the third millennium B.C. That's come down to us today. There were also, a century or so ago, um, clay tablets found in the area of Mesopotamia, three clay tablets with cuneiform writing on it. When it was translated, it was discovered there were 40 recipes on those tablets. The 40 recipes contained a lot of garlic. Almost all of them contained garlic. And the, the favorite way to use the garlic was to boil it, to mash it, to wrap it in a linen cloth and then squeeze it. They would squeeze it into a pot of stew. But the Mesopotamians also grilled garlic and they soaked it in vinegar. So in effect, this was the scapes they used. You know that the scape is the the long stem that's now curling, curling in my garden. Centuries went by and garlic developed another attribute. It became a protector of evil spirits. Uh, The Egyptians were buried, Egyptian pharaohs, were buried with garlic, either the real thing or clay replicas to help them on their way to the the afterworld. Um, And even a century or so ago, and maybe even up to today, garlic cloves are put on the uh, door frames and window sills in rooms where babies are being born to protect those babies from having their souls stolen by evil spirits. It became a miracle plant, in fact, did garlic, much like kale has today, I'd say. The men who worked on the pyramids uh, were issued garlic, onions, which is a fellow allium, and radishes to keep them going as they hauled those stones up the stairs. There's actually um, a record on one side of the Great Pyramid of Cheops that shows that 16,000 talents of silver were spent on those vegetables in one bookkeeping period, just for, for the workers. Now as far as I can tell, one talent is 57 pounds. So 16,000 talents of silver is a heck of a lot of money and uh, probably a lot of garlic too. These were valuable vegetables to, to those people. Coming up after the break, the Chinese, the Greeks, the Celts and more all came to the same conclusions about garlic's efficiency as a medication without having the internet or even a telephone to keep them informed of what the other ones were doing.
0: This episode of Idea City On The Air is brought to you by Zoomer Magazine. We'll be back in a moment with more from Liz Primo. For more information about Idea City, or to watch hundreds of talks online, go to ideacity.ca. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Liz Primo speak about the myth and magic of garlic.
1: As the centuries went by again, the Romans started to, to use garlic. Roman soldiers were, and sailors were issued a couple of cloves of garlic a day to keep them strong and healthy. And I can just imagine platoons of Roman soldiers marching through Europe and all exhaling in unison. <laughs> that would be worse than Caesar salad breath, I think. Garlic was also used as glue in the Middle Ages, and I think anybody who's pressed garlic, squeezed garlic, touched garlic will understand that. It was a a fine glue that was used for fine furniture to affix um, gold and silver leaf because it was so delicate. It was money, it was used as money also, currency in in Egyptian times. 15 pounds of garlic would buy you a slave, and 15 pounds, I estimate, is, is about a shopping bag full. Over the centuries, garlic's reputation as a healer primarily grew. Um, it was used for dysentery, intestinal worms, parasites, ringworm, repelling flying insects, stinging insects, lice, infections, as a diuretic. Monks uh, made potions from garlic as well as other plants, and Dioscorides, that Greek physician who lived in the time of Nero, said that it opened the mouths of veins, and I think that was prophetic, given the research that's going on today, into using garlic to uh, reduce serum cholesterol and also to, to lower blood pressure. But of course, like anything that becomes really, really popular, it became the snake oil of its time. And even people like Pliny the Elder were recommending it for baldness, toothache, insanity, and even pale skin. But I find it significant that um, all through these centuries, civilizations that, that lived miles, thousands and thousands of miles, continents apart, people like like the the Babylonians, the um, The Chinese, the Greeks, the Celts, and and more all came to the same conclusions about garlic's efficiency as a medication without having the internet or even a telephone to keep them informed of what the other ones were doing. This kind of information wasn't available to each other, but they were all finding out the same things. Garlic, in fact, became a mainstay of medicine until recent times, until about a century ago. And um, Pasteur recognized its antibiotic uh, activities. Dr. Albert Schweitzer used it um, to cure malaria, uh, amoebic dysentery, and sleeping sickness in Africa. In fact, in West Africa, it's still used to cure um, African eye worm, where um, just juice of onion and garlic is dripped right into the eye. Maybe the cure is worse than the disease. I don't know. Um, it was uh, used for to cure tu- tuberculosis, to treat tuberculosis, I'm not sure it cured it, in the early 1900s as an in- inhalant and, um, and also just as a, a medicine. And of course, we may have all heard that in the trenches of World War I, it was used as a salve on poultices, as an antibiotic, basically, for injuries. It was also used in World War II uh, a little bit when the um, sulfa drugs, new sulfa drugs, and penicillin were not available, actually it was the sulfa drugs and penicillin that sort of killed garlic as a as a medication. Because who wants a folk medicine when you've got a miracle drug? So it fell out of favor in the 20th century, and you know we haven't heard about it much at all as a, as a medication. However, I do know some people who still use it. I think a lot of people eat garlic as a a health preventer or cure. I also have a recipe for a soup that was given to me by a friend called cold coming on soup. It's a delicious soup and it's laden with garlic but it's all mellowed out by the chicken stock and it's easy to make and absolutely delicious. Coming up
0: after the break. So
1: I think the lesson is this. Before your next barbecue, eat a whole lot of garlic And the mosquitoes won't bother you. But, of course, your guests might go home, too.
0: This episode of Idea City on the air is brought to you by Zoomer magazine. We'll be back in a moment with more from Liz Primo. Idea City is a program of talks about the world's biggest ideas, featuring the world's smartest people. For more information about the three day Idea City live conference, or to watch hundreds of talks online, go to ideacity.ca. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Liz Primo speak about the myth and magic of garlic.
1: Today, actually, garlic is gaining new respect as a medication, particularly as an antibiotic. But it's also being tested in universities, actually all over the world, um, as an antiparasitic, again, to lower blood pressure and as a blood thinner, and for ulcers and chronic gastritis. There have also been some experiments done in in China to um, see if it will prevent tumors. A fellow who's a lab technician at Western University told me that he had taken part in uh, experiments with cattle wherein the cattle had been fed garlic. There was a control group, of course. And later examination showed that the cattle who had eaten the garlic had far lower bad bacteria in their intestines than did the control group. What about also the uh, scientists from Nottingham University found a recipe in a 9th century medical book for a salve that was made with garlic and onions and cow bile, of all things, and they were absolutely uh, astonished to find that it was 90% effective against, I'm going to try to say this without looking, methylacillin-resistant staphylococcus aria, (laughs) otherwise known as MRSA. So... Who knows? Maybe in this age of bacteria-resistant drugs, uh, garlic is going to become the new miracle drug. Our ancestors also used uh, garlic as an insecticide. Uh, It was used to uh, protect from the plague. Um, Priests and doctors uh, in the Middle Ages would, um, would carry it with them when they went to visit the sick. And uh, there's a lovely story about four thieves who were taken out of jail to drag away the dead bodies in the assumption that they were going to, of course, catch plague and die. It didn't matter anyway. But they fooled everybody because they made vinegar with garlic and lots of herbs, very strong, uh, dipped claws in it, put it over their mouths and noses, and uh, they didn't get plague And they didn't die. This Vinegar, by the way, has come down to us through the centuries as four thieves vinegar. And it's actually in my book. But, you know, there are tests going on uh, using garlic as an insecticide. And it has proven to be relatively effective against nematodes, beetles, mites, ticks, and more. And it has definitely been proven to be effective against, um, it's toxic to mosquito larvae. Another guy had a friend, a farmer, and this farmer fed garlic to his cattle just the way the Romans fed garlic to their soldiers, a portion every day, and the garlic would exude the oils and the scent, would exude onto the hides of the animals, and the flies didn't bother them. So I think the lesson is this. Before your next barbecue, eat a whole lot of garlic, and the mosquitoes won't bother you. But of course, your guests might go home too
0: (laughs) coming up after the break Mm -hmm. oh
1: Oh my god oh my god watch out
0: (laughs) you're listening to idea city on the air brought to you by zoomer magazine We'll be back in a moment with more from Liz Primo. Get the latest Idealist news, presenter information, and watch hundreds of talks at ideacity.ca. Welcome back to Idea City on the air. We now conclude Liz Primo's talk on the myth and magic of garlic.
1: But I've saved the best bit of information for the last. Garlic is actually, has been used for a long time as an aphrodisiac. There was a scribe, when the uh, Hebrew men came back to Israel from uh, exile in Egypt, a scribe, Ezra, exhorted them to eat garlic on the Shabbat so that they could perform their marital duties and repopulate the homeland. Even Pliny said that garlic would increase desire, but he said that it should be pounded with coriander and drunk with neat wine. And so in the interest of science and for this special afternoon, I decided that we should test this theory. And uh, so I prepared a bottle of vintage wine, which I have back here on the table, with the appropriate herbs, and it's all ready, I'm waiting with two glasses. And uh, Moses, I'd like to ask you to uh, come and uh, and do this experiment with me, will you? Do I have to ask someone from the audience to come out?
0: Oh, no, I'm feeling You're brave, willing, are you? do I drink it or bathe in it? Uh, drinking,
1: my dear. <laughs> it's right here. OK. OK. How
0: quickly does it work?
1: Well, that's part of the test. <laughs> and we may make, well, I won't say what we might, might do. We'll have to get off the stage fast, okay? <laughs> I won't pour too much, just in case. Well, one is fuller than the other one. Uh, which one would you like? This <laughs> is Oh, your chicken. <laughs> Good boy. Oh, okay, even it out. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Mm. Uh, sip slowly or chug a lug?
1: Um, I think a sip slowly is the right way to do it, so it, you know, permeates. And...
0: Yes, but
1: we've got about... Oh, no uh, seconds. seconds. Well, then, we have to chug a lug. Okay. Okay. One, One two, 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 three. Three, Oh, mm. mm. uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
0: my God. Watch
1: out. <laughs> Watch out. Am I safe? No. That's, that's half bad. <laughs> i it's okay, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You know how, what? how long have they been percolating in there? Uh,
1: about two days. Um, but you know what it's really good for? This honest cooking. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've done this, and then I've used the wine for cooking because I guess I was being chicken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and how many cloves go in there?
1: I put three in, but you could put more. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody
0: rescue me. Here.
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks very much, Liz. You're That's welcome. So Thank
1: you. It's great being here. <laughs> oh, are, are you going to leave the bottle? It's starting.
0: Are you going to leave the bottle?
1: Yeah, sure. See, all it right. started. It did have an effect, didn't it? Okay. Let's, just, let's get a picture right. while this is all going on. All right. Oh, okay. I thought you got one. <laughs> while this is going on, yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> let's get that. <laughs> You're horny little kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to so oh, Thank you so much. Thank you. What are my bids? Bring bid? the wine. Bring the wine. Bring wine. I'm taking bids.
0: Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube.com/slash Ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.